0: Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard.
1: And I'm Jim Tobin.
0: Afternoon, Jerry. Good afternoon, Jim. Um, the president's plan came out today on housing. Uh, I, I view it, I know you do too, as sort of a mixed bag for us. Uh, what, what, what do you think? What, what's the reaction?
1: Uh, I think the reaction, if you're on the left
0: uh, and you
1: like affordable, Uh, housing and government programs, um, you're going to think that there's a, uh, there's a lot to like in here. If you're, um, if you're looking for uh, kind of a path forward on supply chain, uh, on getting local governments to do uh, more, uh, to move, remove the barriers to housing, if you're looking for the federal government to get out of the way and, uh, and take responsibility for its share of the 25% of the regulatory burdens on a single family home or the 33% on the construction of a multifamily unit, you're going to be wanting. Um, but uh, like you said, it, it, it is a mixed bag. There, there are some good things from our for our affordable uh, affordable rental developers in here. Um, but uh, but there's a lot of pie in the sky here too. I, I, you know there's a lot of references to uh, the build back better plan uh, that is uh, shelved for now after Joe Manchin uh, took that out. Uh, before uh, before Christmas and the holidays last year. Uh, and if you thought that was pie in the sky, I'll do you one better. Uh, there's references to the president's budget uh, in here and programs that he institutes. And if there's any document that's that's more DOA in my mind than the Build Back Better plan, it'd be the president's budget for now. So it uh, relies a lot on Congress. Of course, we've got allies on both sides of the aisle there, but um, uh, it's uh, it, it's a broad-based plan.
0: Um, well, and- wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll I'll say two things about that. One is, um, if you've got a program that's going to rely on action by Congress, that's pretty much pie in the sky, too, because (laughs) they haven't been able to get their act together on anything uh, for many years at this point. The other point that I'd make, and tell me if you agree with it, it's really interesting. From where I sit, um, we have now seen in the last four, six years, The two political parties display to a T their philosophy on housing. You had the Trump administration, which basically unfettered the private sector and did all that it could do uh, to ease the regulatory burdens, bring down building costs as best government can do, and let the private sector and the market rule. Now you have the Biden administration the view of which is the federal government needs to be more involved uh, with direct spending uh, and direct incentives, uh, and that more of the construction should be done in federally assisted programs, driving the markets from a government perspective rather than a free market perspective. Am I accurate in that assessment?
1: Yeah, it's, it's plain and simple. It's two governing philosophies. Uh, and right now, the the latter that you described is in charge uh, of the of the federal government of washington, d c. You know, we talk about all the time, the elections have consequences. This is one of them. Housing policy is certainly more liberal than it was in the previous four years.
0: Well, you and I could talk about this forever, but uh, we have uh, perhaps uh, a different uh, approach to the show today, uh, bringing in our our guest. And so let's do that right now. Today, Jared Gossett, who is the owner of a luxury home building company and host of Building Optimal, a podcast which helps builders and remodelers build their businesses, grow their brands, and make more money with their craft. Who doesn't want to do that? This could. Yeah. This must be a very popular podcast. He's also focused on mentoring and training young Hispanic entrepreneurs through <laughs> his Plus Exponencialistas business. Um, Jared, as you can tell I don't speak Spanish very well, but welcome to the show.
1: Welcome Jared. It's uh, it's great to have you on uh, Housing Developments podcast. So let's let's jump right in. Uh, you know, today we want to talk to you about the challenges that are that pros are facing uh, all over the country today. Give us an overview of, uh, of of the market forces among others that are making it harder to do business and and how have you adapted your own business?
2: Yeah, Jim, so It's interesting because what we've seen, as I'm sure you guys are aware, is it is a completely new age in the home building, contracting, home improvement industry that has really been set off over the last few years with COVID, et cetera. And the interesting thing for me personally in my business um, is that we really have three market forces that have um, been at play. So one is rising labor. The other is rising material. And the other is, as everybody knows, this major supply chain crisis. And the interesting thing, Jim, is it's a it's really a double edged sword because it's also an unprecedented time in terms of the amount of opportunities for pros that are out there. But navigating the water right now is just extremely difficult.
1: What are the uh, so, so you talk through labor? materials and supply chain. so you know labor is one of the the, the biggest issues that NHP, uh, deals with obviously every you know almost four hundred thousand uh, open construction jobs you know, month after month, a persistent lack of skilled labor uh you know how how do you deal with that first one? I think that you know that's the longest term drag on on home production but talk talk a little bit about about uh, labor,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, listen, in my business also, like everybody else's, I mean, that is one of the issues that you know keeps us up at night trying to figure out how to how to solve that right now. Um, one of the things that we have done, and listen, we don't have the magic bullet. I wish we did. Uh, one of the things that we're doing in our own business is we're working to, uh, one, we're paying as, as much as we can right now. We're paying people as quickly as we ever have. We're doing everything we can to retain the best team. That is absolutely mission critical. You know, I I work as a uh, a Lowe's Pro Ambassador, and uh, they just released recently their Lowe's State of the Pro report, and that really is something that uh, was galvanized in that report. Is this need to take care of your team right now more than you ever have before?
0: Yeah, Jared, does that play into your efforts with? uh... Plus exponentialitos.
2: It it does it does so. Now that's a different project for me. That's a nonprofit that I started that really is is uh, geared towards teaching um, people from from vulnerable communities how to uh, how to learn and master a skill and then how to turn that into a business. Uh, but yeah, it it all plays together for me and uh, for me right now. That it's just so critical that people learn a skill as you all are well aware we got such a shortage of it and that's part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh uh, go out there and tell people listen there's still amazing potential and value in mastering your craft and then going and starting a business there's you know there's never been more opportunity than than we have now
0: and when you're coaching these guys do you do you teach them uh the value of team dynamics and teamwork and uh i I assume that you take the lessons that you're learning yourself and and apply them to the young people that you're coaching.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so teamwork is actually one of our modules in our entrepreneurship curriculum. Yeah, I mean, you're right on, Jerry. That is, it's so fundamental um, and we always knew it, but I mean, especially now more than ever, when we got so many forces that are working to uh, slow down our progress, then it's, it's just as, uh, it's as important as it ever has been.
1: Tell us a little bit of it. You mentioned you know, supply, supply chain and materials. What, what, what advice do you have? Uh, not only do you, do you impart to the people that, uh, that you're mentoring, uh, but, but, but to our listeners, what, what's, what's, uh, how have you dealt with the supply chain crisis and material costs?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, again, <laughs> on that one, I do not have the magic bullet. I wish I did, but I'll tell you a few things that, that we're doing. So, One is we are um, now we're you know, we're a fairly well established uh, home building company here in Austin. So um, we have the the good fortune of having a strong balance sheet. So for us, we've been able to order material and supplies much sooner, uh, which is which is the obvious answer. Of course, the issue is for a lot of pros out there they may not have uh, the amount of capital necessary to uh, to do that because that puts a huge strain on your working capital as a business. Uh, so what I've been doing and mentoring for, um, for our group is just explaining to them, look, you know, utilize all the resources out there. You know, companies like Lowe's have uh, programs for different, you know, for credit that can help you get a little bit better terms in terms of improving your cash cycle, things that are critically important right now so that you can uh buy your material a little bit sooner actually a lot sooner and uh and minimize those disruptions in your business so that you're not uh taking your what we call production times meaning your your construction cycles how long it takes to finish a, a project and pushing it out because that's a business that's a business killer so yeah,
1: go ahead joe So obviously you've got a great partner in Lowe's. Uh, They've been a great, uh, great, great partner at NHP as well. But but now tell me the other side, that's the we'll call that the business side. How do you translate that relationship with Lowe's? And what does that mean for your customers?
2: Yeah. So I mean, for us, the uh, the situation right now is that we have as much opportunity as we ever have in terms of getting customers, getting business. Um, But yeah, I mean, my relationship with Lowe's is obviously that's something that uh, we tout everywhere we can, because it for us, it translates to our customer as uh, as real value.
0: And I I think that's something that many of our builders would agree with you on, uh, the relationship with Lowe's and the value that you can get from using our affinity program, as well as availing themselves on some of their other uh, uh, outreach and training opportunities uh, for builders to improve their businesses um i understand jared that like us you're also a podcaster so how are we doing by the way
2: i am yeah hey you guys you guys have uh, a plus interview skills so i could probably (laughs) learn something from y'all um i am i've been doing it for a few years you know for me i think everybody actually should start a podcast even though there's already a billion podcasts in the world uh it's just been such a great learning experience for me and it allows you to open the doors and connect with Folks that you ordinarily never would have the opportunity to cross paths with.
0: And, and let me ask you this: I mean, you're a busy guy uh, with uh, your business, your mentoring, your podcasting. How do you find time to do all that and still make sure that that you you know you have you're, you're keeping yourself balanced and uh, you're keeping yourself uh, tuned up and in in the right frame of mind?
2: Yeah. Uh- well, Jerry, that's an interesting question because I, uh, I come from a farming family in West Texas, where I think the the work workaholism is in your blood, uh, where I come from. So I don't know if I'm necessarily a great example of balance in my life, but I do have uh, three small children that uh, have helped me kind of refocus my priorities over the last few years, and uh, and for me, it's just it, it's just that there are certain seasons in life to me that require long hours at the office. Sometimes you just can't get around it. But uh, when it's time to be at home, phone off, be at home in front of uh, in front of uh, your family and your loved ones. So that's for me, that's wherever you are, just make sure you be there.
0: Well, I think that that's more nice. combined with your work ethic. My, my dad once told me that I had a million dollar taste and a minimum wage work ethic. So I probably don't have that much in common with you and Jim in that regard.
1: <laughs> that's great, uh, Jerry. That's great advice about kind of that that work uh, work life balance, especially in, you know as we're coming out of COVID and uh, and you know staring down the barrel of uh, you know uh, highest higher interest rates and uh, kind of you know the, the housing market in a in a little bit of flux uh, or a lot of bit of flux. Uh, you know that's uh,
2: that's great advice. for what's important. Yeah. Well, thank you.
0: So, Jared, what, what what final point would you make to our listeners about uh, about your philosophy, about your relationship with Lowe's and, uh, and, and anything that they can do uh, to get through these tough times and keep making a dollar and still having uh, time for their friends and family?
2: Well, listen, I think that obviously there's a ton of fear as we record this podcast. I think the amount of fear in the market is as probably heavy as I've seen it since. Um, And, you know, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett, and uh, as Buffett has once said, you know, when when others are are, uh, greedy, be fearful, and when others are fearful, be greedy. And uh, I I think what he means by that, or really what we can interpret that to mean in this market is, um, there's a ton of opportunity, there's obviously risks that are swirling around us right now but we are in the home industry and there could not be a better place to be. I really feel like the long-term dynamics here allow for great businesses and great careers. Um, it's about being careful right now. It's about managing your cash, trying to conserve as much as you can keep as much in your coffers. Like I said earlier, it's about trying to, um, ensure that you do everything you can to get there. You know, you got great partners like Lowe's that are out there. Go figure out what sort of programs that they have that can help you out in terms of credit programs. They've got their pro loyalty rewards that can really help you in this market. Just uh, better manage your business or so take advantage of those resources that are available to you, and uh, you know, keep your nose to the grindstone right now and and uh, uh, try to keep a little dry powder. And I think uh, it's going to be it's going to be a interesting few years but but some that we can all make through and hopefully do well
0: well jared thanks very much once again you you uh illustrated a a difference between you and i you're a warren buffett fan and i'm more of a jimmy buffett guy uh some people claim there's a woman to blame but i know it's my own damn fault uh Jared, (laughs) jared thanks for being with us yeah thank you all thanks jared Well, Jim, we've had a couple of speakers with ties to one of our great sponsors, Lowe's, in the last couple of podcasts, and have uh, been very interesting, showing us different perspectives on things. Once again, I want to thank them both uh, for participating. And uh, Jim, I want to get you back to work uh, on the president's plan. I know uh, we've got um, a lot of uh, analysis and a lot of reacting to still do over that.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, There's a lot to unpack after just the first day. Uh, You know, the the, the plan vows to work with stakeholders on the supply chain, our our number one issue. Uh, And we're happy to work with the White House. In fact, we have been working with this White House. Unfortunately, uh, I haven't seen any action on the concrete steps we've offered them on the lumber crisis. And that's cutting up public lands, uh, reducing, if not eliminating, at least suspending the tariffs on Canadian lumber, get back to the table with Canada on a long-term deal, um, you know, concrete steps, but I guess we'll just keep talking until uh, until we see some results.
0: Yeah, I guess we have to. And I guess my, my other disappointment in this effort is you would have thought at some point in unveiling this plan, they may have mentioned that they had a letter received at the White House signed by 10,000 housing professionals, crickets. Yeah. No,
1: I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I I you know it, they they acknowledge that inflation is their number one domestic issue. Yeah, well, no no duh. Is, uh, I guess I'll tone it down for our our our, our minor listeners out there. Uh, but yeah, this this just in, uh, and that housing is a contributing factor to that inflation. So look, Jerry, you and I spent a lot of time. You spent it in the press. And on Capitol Hill in the White House, with me, we talk a lot about getting housing at the top of the domestic agenda, whether it's in politics or just in in policy. So, yeah, it's about time the administration's joined us in in, in looking at housing as uh, as a way to combat inflation, and stave off uh, what we both fear, and certainly I'll, I'll we'll channel our inner Rob Dietz, uh, which is uh, an impending uh, recession if we don't if we don't tackle this.
0: Well, I agree that we need to. Uh do everything we can to fight a recession. Whether or not I have an inner Rob Dietz is is something I haven't explored. And I guess I'm not that willing to do that, Jim. But anyway, thanks for listening this week, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, As always, please like our uh, podcast, subscribe to it, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Housing Developments. See you, Jim.
1: See you, Jerry. Bye-bye.